Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week is episode 191, and we're talking about English teaching in South Korea. That's right, we're interviewing uh, Valerie and Griffin Stewart about their expat life, travel, and teaching English in South Korea. Before we get into the interview, though, let's talk about what we've been up to this week. It's been very exciting. Has it? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working, Craig's been working. We've been doing a lot of work, but we did get out of the city twice. We uh, headed out to the Waitakere Ranges to do some hiking on Thursday, which is what we, we try to do every Thursday, and uh, spent some time with Craig's family as well, who've um, gone off on a nice long trip. Jealous? Yeah, they're heading up to uh, to San Fran, then over to the UK, down into a little bit more of Europe, and then uh, back to New Zealand via Los Angeles. So Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, They were going to go to Japan, but uh, they've changed their plans. Yeah, they have. Just uh, They had to make a decision a month ago, and... It was really unsure what was happening. So, We also met up with Chris and Heather, who are ITP listeners. We met up with them for drinks on Friday, and then we all went up to Matakana yesterday to do some, well, to go to the markets, eat tasty things, and then uh, do some wine tasting. Yeah, it was really cool. Unfortunately, the tide was out, so the uh, the coastal views weren't so nice, but the uh, the food and wine certainly were. Yeah, definitely. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. And you can visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when shopping online, or get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. Also, how many points have you earned through the travel hacking program? Craig's been uh, doing a little bit on it, but he's been a bit busy at the moment, so he hasn't really got into it. But you can sign up at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash TravelHacking and, uh, and get into it yourself. Let us know how many miles you're in. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's say hi to, uh, to Valerie and Griffin. Um, apologies in advance for the audio quality of the, of the interview. We were recording on Skype and uh, we had a few bubbles come through, so I've had to, had to chop it a little bit to, uh, to make it make sense. Today I'm speaking with Griffin and Valerie Stewart about their life and career as English teachers. Uh, Valerie's the author of Coming to Korea, a practical guide for getting an English teaching job in Korea and what to expect. And Griffin and Valerie have been living there for quite some time. Uh, Griffin, Valerie, welcome onto the Indie Travel Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're, you're most welcome. I'm quite fascinated. You're a North American couple living in South Korea. What's it like? Uh, we love it. We've been living here for a little more than a year and a half. And every day is just kind of a new adventure for us. And we've really enjoyed our time here. Cool. What's some of the things that make it make it an adventure? Um, I guess like one of the things I like about it is it's just so different from... Uh, North America and just you know nothing's in English and uh, just simple things like trying to find you know basic Western food or maybe a part to fix something you just never know uh, how long that's going to take or where to actually find that so just just kind of um, yeah everyday uh, things become more interesting and exciting instead of mundane uh, like they can be when everything's easy for you. Um, so what's the, the why of South Korea? Was this your first overseas trip or is this part of a bigger around the world uh, adventure? Um, well, we were looking, we wanted to go live and teach abroad at some point during our lives. That was both kind of a goal 
And so we were looking around for what jobs were available. And um, we, we settled on teaching English just because uh, in the future I'm interested in teaching, but didn't really want to go back to school um, for a year and spend all the money and then possibly find out that I don't enjoy doing that. Um, so this was a good option. And as far as South Korea, um, we had kind of narrowed it down to Japan, China, uh, South Korea, and then I think we were looking at Thailand a little bit. And um, we knew the least about South Korea as far as like the history and any famous things here. And so we thought it would be one of the more interesting ones to visit uh, just because it's not as well known, I guess, in the States as things in China and Japan. And uh, the other the other thing that uh, kind of sealed the deal for us is I've got some student loans and the cost of living to pay ratio here is really good. Um, so we're able to live really comfortably and also save about half of what we make uh, to send home or save for the future. So. That's that's pretty fantastic. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about pay a little bit further on when we drill into uh, to teaching English in Korea. But I'm, do I understand correctly, you guys basically got married, had a big wedding ceremony, and then said, oh, by the way, we're going on honeymoon, but we're not going to be coming back. Is, is, that the, is that how this all worked out? Yeah, that's right. Basically, we thought about coming to South Korea and just when we could go and decided that if we stuck around our hometowns and our families for long enough that we may never actually go over to South Korea or teach abroad at all. So we thought, you know, now is the best time. So we, you know, kind of got the job and um, booked the plane tickets over. We spent three weeks in Thailand and Cambodia for our honeymoon and then we came over to South Korea, so um, literally, we did not see our families um, after our wedding reception, and um, stayed out for a year after that. Cool. I'm, I'm sure that's something that uh, that would really appeal to some people, not seeing their families for a year after that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so has uh, has expat life, and I guess the beginning of your married life, been the the way that you expected it? Uh, you know, we've been we've been really happy. Uh, it's been I'd say it's been good and bad um, from a, from the good perspective. It's just been really cool to sort of start fresh. Uh, so like none of my friends are here and none of Valerie's friends are here. So we sort of started out our lives together, uh, just the two of us and all our friends that we have here, we've met together um, and developed those relationships together as a married couple. And uh, so that's been kind of cool. And then also just the, the new experiences that, you know, we get to share that we'll remember um, for the rest of our lives. You know, some of our, the really kind Korean people that we've met and uh, the experiences we've had traveling around and um, meeting the people here and experiencing the country. Um, and then on, I guess on the, on the not as good side or the bad side of that is it's a little bit, um, like it's been it's been pretty challenging not having like the support network of friends and families and um you know kind of like 
I guess, mentors or people to look up to. A lot of our uh, friends and other English teachers here are about the same age. And so from a marriage perspective, you know, when we've had some disagreements or arguments, uh, it's been it's been kind of a challenge to try and find someone to talk to that has, you know, more wisdom than us on it. Uh, so that on that end, I guess that's been the only uh, challenging thing. Whereas if we had a year or two in the States, I think we could have um, more smoothly, I guess, figured out those issues. But, um, but overall, I mean, I, you know, 99% has been just really great and we haven't regretted it at all. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. There's there's definitely both pros and cons to uh to leaving the that network of people behind. Valerie, you've recently self published an ebook which we'll link to in the show notes. It's called Coming to Korea, a practical guide for getting an English teaching job in Korea and what to expect. Um, that looks a lot easier to say on on the screen than it does when you're reading it out on a podcast. But um, how long have you been teaching now? And also, what inspired you to, to write a book about it? Well, we've been teaching now for about a year and a half. And basically what inspired me to write a book about it was we just wanted to pass along the information that we have found out either the good, you know, the easy or the hard way here um, to people who might be considering coming over. And one of the things that we wanted to be sure that we included was just 100% honesty. And so we include all the pros and cons of the things that we've picked up here, um, along with some helpful hints and just the best ways to get things done, you know, be that at your school, with your contract, or, you know, just going shopping here. So we just kind of wanted to pass along the information that we've picked up along the way. Were, were there things that you found that kind of weren't in the sales material? <laughs> always, always. <laughs> uh, yeah, more than more than anything, I think we've struggled with um, some contract issues, and really that didn't come along until we had been here almost right at our year mark. And fortunately, a lot of our friends have not encountered any issues, but when it came down to it, we found that in Korea, the contract doesn't really mean anything here to Koreans. It means something to us. And so when we would say, well, you know, according to our contract, we're entitled to this. And our teachers would say, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to us. So we ended up having to, you know, really consult a lot of our friends about what we should do and just kind of, you know, head some stuff off so that we could get what we were entitled to according to the contract. So just some, some different issues that popped up with that. And then just basic um, challenges that meet with students and, and whatnot. Yeah, so things that are more typical uh, typical life as a teacher. Well, there, there are obviously some difficulties that you've had with the contract, but one thing that I think really shines out through the, uh, the middle of the book is how easy it seems you've got it. There seems to be a holiday every single week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've uh, been really fortunate. We have public school jobs here. Um, so there's two main types of jobs. One is a private academy or hagwon, and then the other is public school. And um, we got a comparison chart in there that kind of compares the pros and cons. Um, but one of the big advantages that we've really enjoyed from the public school is there's lots of uh, vacation days and national holidays and, you know, tech days and things like that where 
uh, you're either off and out of school for up to three or four days. Two, yeah, three or four days, or sometimes up to two or three weeks. Um, or you're just at school, but you don't have to do anything as far as uh, work goes for a while. So it's kind of funny. Um, I've been getting a little bit excited recently because I can see that elections coming up here, mm-hmm. and I can see the candidates out, you know, campaigning and stuff. And I know that in Korea, that means we're getting a free day out of school. They are off for election day. So, um, you know, we don't get off for election day, but here, uh, that was sort of a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that that gives um, a whole a whole new bonus to democracy, huh? <laughs> awesome. Well, what kind of um, travel opportunities do you have? I mean, you're, you, there, there are obviously holidays, and, and you're making reasonable money. But do you have a chance to get out of your city and, and escape to to the rest of South Korea? Uh, yeah. When we first got here, uh, the Office of Education in our city, and we live in. Ulsan, South Korea, which is kind of the southeast corner, um, they actually ran free tours that we could sign up for. And if there were enough slots, you know, they just kind of randomly select teachers. Um, and they they took us to uh, some places in the south and north and all over. Um, just really cool, well-run, one- to two-day tours. Um so that was really cool there because they didn't cost us anything. And uh, it was just a really good like introduction to the country. Um, and then the other thing, too, is like in the state, we don't have our train system is usually more expensive or the same price as an airplane. But here their train system is really good and uh, really practical. And so you can get pretty much anywhere in the country within you know five or six hours of train ride or they also have um, a high-speed train where you can, can cover five hours of land in about two hours to certain cities. Um, but so, yeah, it's really accessible to go see uh, pretty much anything in South Korea, uh, which has been really nice and a change from the states where, you know, you can drive for days without, uh, <laughs> without getting to a destination. Yeah. Smooth. Well, I want to kind of, I want to, I want to loop back and talk about traveling career generally. But before we do, let's quickly talk Turkey about um, teaching in South Korea. Did you guys arrive with any teaching qualifications, or, or what was what was the deal there? No, actually, we did not have any teaching qualifications whatsoever. The qualifications for teaching here are that you need to be a native speaker of English and have a four-year degree. So both of us fit those qualifications, and we thought, you know, we're going to be teaching middle school students, and we thought that the students would be about the same as they are back home, and they are not. Um, So we quickly decided we needed to get a little more education. We um, took a TEFL course online, and we were both able to read up on uh, some different teaching techniques techniques, excuse me, and um, kind of better our, uh, I guess, our strategies for teaching. Uh, so did you do that uh, that online TESOL course before or after you, you arrived? We did that well after, I would say maybe six to eight months after um, when we could get the time to actually, you know, dedicate to it. Cool. And, and so you arrived with a, a university degree, but no teaching qualifications. 
do you mind telling us what kind of pay you were on for for that uh, that level of experience? Sure. Uh, we were actually on lowest pay level, which um, at the time was 1.9 million won per month each. That which awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instant millionaires, right? So uh, that translates to in in U.S. dollars about sixteen hundred U.S. dollars per month. Um, we also th- have our rent paid for by my school, and Griffin School gives us a monthly stipend um, of about four hundred thousand won per month. So altogether, that was right at what two thousand each dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about two thousand. Yeah, and accommodations thrown in for free. So that's right. pretty good between is that's between the two of you, huh? That's each. So that's about two thousand each, or about four thousand each month. And that sounds pretty good. And you said earlier that living costs were about half of that. Uh, yeah, we you could probably live for a lot less. Um, like we really enjoy a variety of foods, and in Korea, um, they pretty much only enjoy Korean food. So getting Western food is pretty expensive, um, and so we, you know, we go and buy Western food or eat out at Western restaurants here, um, which takes a big chunk away. But yeah, we're easily able to live off um, about. You can easily live off like a million won, or if you're really, you know, just eating ramen and staying really frugal and cheap, you could probably live off, you know. As little as five hundred thousand won a month, because uh, all your expenses, you know, the big expenses you have normally are taken care of. Well, it sounds like a great starting place for people wanting to explore Asia to to go and um, and jump into to South Korea for your for a year or so and basically pay off pay off debts and earn enough money to travel around the rest of the continent. Yeah, yeah, it's been. It's been amazing. Uh, one thing that was a little disappointing for us coming here was we thought uh, we're in South Korea, so getting to the rest of Asia would be really cheap. Um, but like a plane ticket round trip to Japan or to Thailand usually runs about four hundred uh, US dollars, or um, about four hundred fifty thousand won. So it's not. I mean, it's cheaper than the states, but it wasn't as I guess cheap as we had in mind, um, but still very, you know, affordable. Well, there's a lot more information and a lot of details, including example schedules and example pay rates in your book, Coming to Korea, which we'll review on ITP, of course, on the Indie Travel Podcast website, and we'll link to it in the show notes. You guys have also given us a discount code because you're awesome. Uh, we love the Indie Travel Podcast as a, as a discount code for the book. We'll, uh, we'll give you a, a discount. Awesome. So that's We Love the Indie Travel Podcast, and we'll link to the website in the show notes. Before we finish up, though, for those that maybe are interested in South Korea but aren't interested in, in a job there, um, let's talk about some of your, your favorite travel moments. Do either of you have a, a favorite place that's really stood out? Personally, I have enjoyed visiting the DMZ, which may not be for everyone. Um, But to me, it was really interesting to go there to visit the tunnels that have been dug from North Korea into Seoul that they found. And just to um, be able to say that I have actually stepped into North Korea across the Joint Securities area 
And um, I really had a fun time visiting those places. Wow, so the DMZ is the, the demilitarized zone that stretches on the border between, between South Korea and North Korea, right? Correct. It's actually two kilometers on either side of the border. Hmm. And, and did you feel that that was a, a safe place to go? It doesn't sound like a tourist attraction. Um, right. Uh, I'll be honest with you, we waited to tell our mothers until after we had gone um, until we did visit. Um, it, it is a little bit tense, and um, we've been told that North Koreans are allowed to visit the Joint Securities area in the morning, and South Koreans can visit in the afternoon. So that's just sort of intriguing to me to know that North Koreans were standing in the same building where we are, and to be able to look across the way and see a North Korean soldier looking at us. Um, so it, it is a little bit tense, but um, it's, it's really fun and interesting. Hmm, fascinating. How about you, Griffin? Um, probably one of the places I've enjoyed the most is a is a city that's about an hour north of us. It's called Gyeongju, and it's one of the um, probably more historical places in Korea. It used to be a capital before Seoul, and so there's lots of like uh, burial mounds of the previous kings and um, some big temples and palaces there that were really um, just interesting and fun to see. Uh, and also just Seoul uh, is a really cool city that's got a nice uh, nice mix of old and new. You know, you've got modern buildings in a modern city, and then right in the middle of that you've got a palace that's, you know, I don't know how many thousands of years old, and uh, just a really cool mixture that we don't get in North America of you know, just amazingly old things and uh, new things together. There's also a, we haven't been there yet, but we're, we're wanting to go. There's a temple just about five minutes from our house that's like a thousand years old as well. Um, so just kind of stuff like that is, you know, pretty common uh, in Korea that don't get a lot of other places, I think. Very cool. Well, guys, I know you've got your uh, your Taekwondo, the, the Korean martial art. You've got your uh, your black belt examinations coming up in a couple of weeks. So by the time this goes live, you'll probably have uh, have set the exam. So I want to say good luck for uh, for those and enjoy the rest of your time in uh, in Korea. Oh yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. So we enjoy following along with y'all's podcast and uh, the website. Thanks, Valerie and Griffin, for coming on the show. Links to their website and their book about teaching in Korea is at IndieTravelPodcast.com. And we're also close to releasing The Art of Couples Travel. So if you're a a part of a couple thinking about long-term travel, then have a look for that. You can sign up for a pre-release copy at ArtofCouplesTravel.com. And that's the uh, the companion piece to Art of Solo Travel, which we released for solo travelers last year. That's at ArtofSoloTravel.com. Well, let's talk about community wisdom. There's plenty happening on the forums and activity streams on the site. So uh, make sure you sign up for a free account at anytravelpodcast.com slash community. You can post photos, update your travel status, ask questions, answer questions, whatever you like, really. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We've been uh, getting some good advice for South America. So we're looking forward to uh, to seeing that trip 
finally begin. Everyone's got to get sick of us talking about South, South America. America aren't South they? America, yay, My South America. Goodness. <laughs> oh, well, remember you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling and stay in your ear by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, hotels, hostels, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. There's also travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. You can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online and get great trial bonuses from our partners. Download a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook and get a two-week $1 trial of the Travel Hacking Cartel at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Travel Hacking. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell your friends about Indie Travel Podcast, invite them to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Indie Travel, or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Yeah, that'd and be we'll, great. Uh, we'll see you there. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.